0: Hello, America, and welcome to John Solomon Reports. Always glad when you can join us here. We have some great interviews from me and my co-host, Amanda Head, on the television, Real America's Voice, uh, Just the News, Not Noise. We love doing it. We've got a great group of folks. Alan Dershowitz, a great Harvard law professor, has a lot to say. Tune in for that. That's a really good one. A lot of substance coming up right after this commercial break. kidneys and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens.
1: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Just the News, Not Noise. I'm your co host, Amanda Head, here in Los Angeles. Now, I want to dive straight into our first guest. You all know him, he is a frequent guest of the program, Harvard Law Professor Alan Dershowitz. Alan, thank you so much for granting us your time.
2: Always a pleasure to be on with you.
1: Our pleasure. Okay, first topic I want to get to, uh, the 2016 Clinton campaign is claiming attorney-client privilege with respect to some information requested by the Durham probe. Now I'm old enough to remember when the information they now claim is privileged was leaked to the FBI, the press, anybody they think would propagate the message that would be damaging to Donald Trump. Does this hold any water now in light of that?
2: Absolutely not. They have waived it to a fairly well. First of all, the information was designed to be made public. It was not intended to be kept private. And so the privilege doesn't apply at all. But if it had applied, it would have been waived repeatedly by the testimony, by the statements, by the press leaks. So there's not even a plausible argument about lawyer client privilege here.
1: Yeah, and when you say that it never was intended to be private, it's because it was oppo research that was going to be released on, I guess, then-candidate Donald Trump, right?
2: Right. I guess if there were some lawyer-client privilege that was not illegal or fraudulent and that said, uh, don't release this, this should be kept confidential secret, maybe that could be covered. But anything that was intended to be released to the press or leaked to the press would not be covered by lawyer-client privilege.
1: Okay, Alan, you have been considered to be an expert in all things law for a very long time, and I don't want to put you on the spot and request you to read tea leaves or anything like that, but as far as the Durham probe, where we are now, where we expect to go, what do you think is going to happen?
2: Well, I think the most important thing is that Durham has enormous credibility. He creates a barrier to the need for an independent counsel. For those who say we need to appoint an independent counsel, The answer is we already have one. His name is uh, Durham. He's very independent. He doesn't seem partisan. So let's let him conduct the investigation. He seems to be allowing all the evidence in and 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 letting letting the chips fall where they may. So I think that uh, Durham's presence and his continuing investigation make the need for a special counsel uh, less pressing.
1: Alan, if we continue to see more more subpoenas, more indictments, more people in the Clinton camp go down after all of this is said and done, like you said, John Durham, well respected on both sides of the aisle. He has been methodical about this. But when all is said and done, if there seem to be more chips that fall on the Clinton side than the other side, do you think that they are going to try to smear his reputation and say that this was biased one way or the other?
2: Of course, of course they will. And the Republicans would have done the same thing had the shoe been on the other foot. That's what dirty politics is all about. And that's what happened when you weaponize the legal system toward partisan. I think Durham has stood up against that, and I hope he'll continue to stand up against that. And uh, he should be indicting where indictments are justified and not indicting uh, where they're not justified. That's the way the legal system ought to operate, and he seems to know that.
1: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where this goes. It always seems like the outer circles of uh, the concentric circles are the folks that end up going down and no one towards the center. But alas, you're you're right. That is our dirty political system. I want to move on to another Supreme Court case. Earlier this week, they started hearing oral arguments uh, with Kennedy versus Bremerton School Board. This was involving a Washington State high school coach who prayed after games. He was fired. And now, lo and behold, it's before the Supreme Court. Is this at its heart a free speech issue?
2: No, it's not. Uh, There's no question that he has free speech. He can say whatever he wants. He can kneel. He can say down with America. The only thing he can't do is establish religion. Um, And that's what this case is about, not about free speech. You know, a minister can preach whatever he wants under the First Amendment, but he can't go to a a place uh, that is governmental and preach on behalf of the government. And for me, the testing question, it was not asked by the justices the testing question is this Would the school board have allowed a coach to pray to Allah, or a coach to pray to a non Christian God of any kind? Or is this really a license only for Christian religion? And if it is, it violates the establishment clause of the Constitution. I just can't imagine that the school board would have allowed a Muslim coach to call all the players around and say, let's do what the Sharia says. The Sharia says we have to pray to Allah before the game, and then he does Allah Akbar. They never would have permitted that. And if you can't permit it for Islamic prayer, you can't permit it for Christian prayer. So although I think the case won by Kennedy, I don't think it should be won by Kennedy. So my view is, yes, free speech, but also establishment.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay, well, we'll see how that turns out. And once the decision is made, then we'll have to have you back on to comment about that. Okay, another Supreme Court case coming up, Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization regarding that Mississippi law, the 15-week and beyond, uh, mostly ban on abortion. Um, My question to you is, well, first of all, how do you think that they are going to rule in this case? But also, there have been other abortion cases before the Supreme Court, but this one seems to be, uh, seems like it might might have more of an impact on Roe than other abortion cases. Am I right? And if so, how?
2: You're absolutely right. Uh, The challenge, the only question is whether Roe gets overruled, which I hope it doesn't, uh, or whether it gets limited, which probably it will be limited. I don't agree with that, but I think, you know, I never try to allow my own feelings to influence my prediction of what the court will do. I think the court will uphold the Mississippi law, limiting abortion to 15 weeks, And thereby save Roe versus Wade. And I think the decision will be written by the chief justice and he will try to write it in a way that uh, allows him to get at least one or two of the very conservative justices who would otherwise like to overrule Roe versus Wade. It will be a compromise decision
1: yeah somewhere down the middle it always seems like that's where the truth lies anyway all right alan we've just got a few minutes left with you because i know you're a very busy man and you've got to get going i want to talk about twitter and elon musk his acquisition of twitter it's not complete i mean who knows this could get dragged out another six months or so but it seems that a lot of folks on the non i don't even want to say non-free speech side of the aisle but it seems like there are a lot of people on twitter who are panicking about the element of free speech being raised to a higher degree within the platform. What are your thoughts on all this?
2: Well, I'm thrilled by uh, this purchase. I think it will open up Twitter to more free speech. I've urged, and I have an op-ed piece coming out on this tomorrow, I've urged uh, Musk to announce that he will follow the principles of the First Amendment uh, for Twitter, and that is allow anything that the First Amendment allows and just prohibit active incitement to violence, child pornography, the things that the First Amendment allow the government to censor, he should allow to be censored as well, but nothing else. As Justice Rehnquist once said, the First Amendment knows no such thing as a false idea. And so Twitter should not be in the business of choosing between the truth or falsity of ideas. Now, the left is going crazy about this, saying, oh, no, one man shouldn't own Twitter. I guarantee you if George Soros had bought Twitter, the left would be jumping up and joy. all the left wants, the hard left wants is speech feet, free speech for me, but not for thee. They're a bunch of hypocrites. And again, I think if the shoe were on the other foot, there'd be some people on the right who would be taking the same hypocritical view. You need free speech for everybody without regard to whether it helps the right or it hurts the left. I'm somebody who is on the liberal side, but I'm in favor of complete free speech for conservatives
1: yeah and 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 i consider myself to be a relative free speech absolutist but within the confines of the first amendment and you know nothing on the incitement side but on twitter when you look at a lot of blue check marks i I heard a comment from a race advisor for the military earlier this morning about how he was worried that this was going to be you know kind of a a resurgence of what our grandparents had to deal with with nazis on twitter come on now
2: well Okay, Um, Nazis have a right to be on Twitter and we have a right to answer them and we have a right to expose them as Nazis. Um, You know, communists have a right to espouse their nonsense. Uh, That's what free speech is about. When the framers of the First Amendment got together and, and conducted this extraordinary experiment never before in history, has the government been precluded from censoring, they knew that there would be hate speech, dangerous speech. The First Amendment is not free of social costs. It will allow much more bad things to occur on Twitter and generally, and that's what we have to tolerate. We have to develop a thick skin and have to say the answer to bad speech is good speech, not censorship. As uh, Winston Churchill said about democracy, I would say about the First Amendment, the worst thing ever invented, except for all the others that have been tried over time. (laughs)
1: Yeah, absolutely Alan Dershowitz we appreciate you slicing out some time for us and we will have you back on again very very soon and goodbye to you sir and he's right look when it comes to free speech if everyone agreed then there wouldn't be a need for the first amendment it is to invite discourse to have conversations with people that you disagree with and hopefully that's what twitter will turn into a situation where we can have civil discourse and disagree on things we'll be right back
0: They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title and your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time, go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity, in your home. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks.
1: Welcome back, everybody. We are delighted to bring in the president of Women Fins and 2005 NCAA Division I National Champion swimmer, Marci Smith. Marci, thanks so much for joining me.
3: Thank you for having us.
1: So you are one of the athletes who signed on to this very important letter to the NCAA regarding uh, Leah Thomas. What inspired you and all of the other signers to speak up about this?
3: You know, after witnessing Leah on the podium at the NCAA championships on the women's side, um, we were pretty devastated and shocked that the season had evolved how it did. Um, I, for one, was living with a sense of denial throughout the season uh, because I had a trust in the NCAA and the swimming leadership community because my own experience in the sport was so amazing. Um, And that was, you know, I graduated in 2006, not that long ago. So we um, in our shock and kind of this sense of despair and anguish, uh, we got together, organized. I had a teammate reach out to me to ask if I would be willing to collaborate on a letter for the team in order for multiple people to sign. Today we have 44 signers but we're adding women every day that are just alumni from the University of Arizona to try and create a bigger splash, uh, so to speak, in the NCAA to wake them up and get their attention.
1: With respect to the NCAA and the way that they regulate collegiate athletics, did you ever imagine we would be in a time where we would be having this conversation?
3: Did I ever imagine I would uh, be sitting here talking to you about the biological differences and advantages that men have over women? Certainly not in my wildest dreams. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's incredible. Um, I rem- I was in college around the same time, and I don't. It all just happened so quickly. Um, and that picture says it all. The one that you were talking about a moment ago with Leah Thomas there with the champion little sign in front of her, the national champion sign, and then the other three actual women who are clustered there together. Who I have to imagine, Marshy, for. Uh, You know i I feel bad for the second place person the second place woman because she should have gotten first but oftentimes i feel even worse for the person who got fourth place because they got knocked off the first second and third place podium uh Mm -hmm. because of someone uh, because of leah thomas in this scenario
3: uh you bring up a great point because it's not only about second place it's not only about that next placement uh there's so many women this season particularly on the Penn swim team who um were teammates with leah while she was competing on the men's team on the other side for the past three years then suddenly have to compete in every dual mate for every relay team um and then Beyond dual meets, conference championships, um, Ivy League championships, and then up to the NCAA, um, we have a signer on the letter who is a head swim coach who had an alternate that failed to make uh, NCAA championships the meet at all because uh, Leah Thomas and others had um, taken that spot from her. That is a lifelong Um, ambition and dream for so many. There are thousands and thousands of women who compete in swimming on the collegiate level and Mm -hmm. only 30 to 32 are selected per event to compete at this very, very elite level swim championship. So to even make the meet is an honor, to stand on the podium is obviously an honor. And there's been so much wreckage um, on the path to uh, this victory by Leah Thomas in the 500. And then there's been, you know, she was involved in three different events. Um, the We have faith that this will turn around, but, um, how much damage are we willing to put up with? And at this point, us women at the University of Arizona um, are really ready to put our foot down.
1: Yeah, and it's incredibly courageous of you and these other ladies. So congratulations to all of you for taking that stand. What's next for Women fins and, and this fight?
3: Well, we want to organize, we want to reach out to the many other people in the community who have spoken out individually, um, please contact us, get together. I've been on the phone probably for a month straight, day, day and night. Um, we are currently organizing an event for the 50th anniversary of Title IX, which is coming at the end of June. Every university is planning their own parties to congratulate themselves on support of women. And we are taking a stand together and allowing people to come show up and support us. So please uh, come on our website, womenfins.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Women Fins and uh, join us in updates for this um, historic event.
1: I'm so happy you have other women joining you because obviously strength uh, happens in numbers and you, you have that. but. Is there a part of you that's afraid of getting canceled or receiving backlash for all of this?
3: Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, to put your face on the news on something that's deemed controversial is a scary endeavor. Um, at some point, you know, people need to stand up, and we have taken a taken a risk, but the reward has been incredible the amount of encouragement and support that we've received over the last few weeks is amazing and it's a testament to the majority of people in this country and beyond that agree that there needs to be a separate category preserved for female-born athletes in order to continue the success and accomplishments of these incredible athletes that have worked so hard to get to where they are.
1: Yeah, Marcia, just one quick question. We got about 30 seconds left. Would you support a third category in collegiate sports for people who are a part of that transgender community?
3: Absolutely, if, if the trans community decides that's what they would like to do, then I, Um, completely support that if there is not enough participation and they feel that it's too small of a category then we are ready to welcome them into the men's category compete with their biological gender yes that's right
1: margie thank you so much for joining us and everybody go to her website womenfins.com she's got that event coming up so make sure you get all the information for that we'll be right back Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
0: Thanks, folks. I'm so glad you joined us today. Welcome back from that last commercial break. I hope God blesses you and he blesses this incredible country of the United States. Thank you for listening to John Solomon Reports from JustTheNews.com. We'll be back tomorrow. God bless. Good night. Talk to you soon.
1: It's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators experts politicians and many influential figures from both the united states and around the world so why not make your mondays wednesdays and fridays a little more interesting tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with amanda head on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite shows and don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes i can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey